Welcome back to Coffee with Kojo, everyone. This is your student host, Anna Poole, and today I am talking with Abby Hopp. Abby, do you mind giving us a little bit of an introduction? Yeah, well, great. Thanks for having me today, and I really appreciate you asking me. Um, yeah, my name is Abby Hopp. I graduated from South Dakota State in 2020, the year of COVID, and so I'm sure a lot of students can relate to that, but I did graduate during COVID, um, but my time at SDSU was a really memorable experience for me, and so it's just a great honor to be here talking to you as students at SDSU today. Um, yeah, I, SDSU is a big piece of my life, and so I hope it is for you as well. Um, I actually grew up in uh, the southeast corner of Minnesota, a town called Chatfield on a dairy farm alongside of my family. And so that is primarily part of the reason why I chose SDSU is just for the, the really strong dairy uh, mixed with egg communications program uh, here at SDSU. So I guess that's a quick little background. I, I don't know uh, if you have any specific questions you want to ask me related to that, but. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about what you're doing now and since graduating from SDSU? Yeah. Uh, immediately following graduation, I actually took a job at Pipestone. Uh, Pipestone's a helping farmers company. We're based in Pipestone, Minnesota. Um, I'm currently the marketing manager. Um, I started at Pipestone as marketing coordinator, worked my way to marketing manager here in the last year or so. Um, but Pipestone uh, works with about 1,400 family farmers. Uh, really, we're working to provide resources and expertise in a variety of, of services to be more profitable, to be more successful on their family farms. So uh, really fun to be back in a agriculture world, helping farmers every single day is, is quite a fun experience. And for those of you that don't know, Pipestone is primarily swine-based. So we're talking about pigs here. Um, and that's what Abby's work is focused on with Pipestone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we started as a mixed animal practice uh, about 80 years ago or a little bit more than 80 years ago now. And today, primarily swine focused. Um, we do help farmers of all sorts, but uh, I'd say uh, over 90% swine focused today. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Can you talk a little bit about that transition from um, when you first started at Pipestone to being marketing manager now? Yeah, yeah. Well, when I graduated from SDSU, I had no idea uh, where I was going to go or what I was going to do. And COVID certainly did not help with that. Um, but luckily, through some connections I had through 4-H and FFA growing up, um, I found a job uh, placement application, I guess, through Pipestone for a marketing coordinator position, um, really doing a lot of variety work, uh, mostly design, writing, communications, uh, social media for both employees and customers. Uh, as I as I grew in my role at Pipestone, uh, I started to enjoy more and more customer-focused organization type stuff, uh, really try to prove myself in the company. And, to, and then, uh, gosh, I don't know when it was, October 2022, maybe, maybe 2023, actually, I can't remember now, uh, I took the role as marketing manager. And so today I oversee a team of three, including myself. So there's two team members. Um, we really lead uh, customer communication efforts, uh, employee communication efforts, and then really anything we can do to stay on brand, but also give the best value to our, our customer base. So that's really my role today. Gotcha. So it sounds like you're juggling a couple different audiences that you're communicating with. Um, how does that communication differ between employees versus outside um, individuals that interact with Pipestone? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, uh, Customers is certainly my my favorite piece if I'm being biased, but um, just fun to communicate with customers. Uh, a lot is crossover actually. Um, a lot of education that's important for our customer base. You know, 
how can you remain profitable through business? Uh, what diseases are out there today and, and how should you monitor that? How should you implement practices to, uh, you know, eliminate that disease or, or maybe treat that disease within your, your farm? All of that is applicable to both customers and employees from a learning perspective. And so a lot of that communication does differ, but it is also relatively the same. And so really fun to see that. Um, but also I'd say customers are definitely a different audience to communicate to when it comes to farmers. And I, I don't know, uh, others in the agriculture industry can kind of uh, attest to that, but uh, you know, some of the, the digital enhancements in marketing and communication is a slow implementation to farmers. And so kind of trying to find that balance between traditional and uh, high tech digital uh, audience media is definitely uh, something we work towards. So yeah, I, um, I would agree that sometimes implementing some changes can be difficult, but a slow process gets you there in the end. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and honestly, we've seen more technological advancements after COVID as well. And so that's really been able to help our business and I'm sure others as well. So, yeah. So going back to COVID, um, when you graduated, the job market probably wasn't the most stable um, at that time. So what would you say helped you stand apart from other applicants um, or what items in your past experiences helped you stand out to get your current, your position? Yeah, uh, great question. Um, talking about myself, which could be kind of a fun challenge here, but no, uh, I'd say what really stands you apart uh, in the job market, regardless of if it's, you know, a lot of open positions or, or hardly any positions open is experience and relationships. And I go back to relationships every single day. That's how I got my job at Pipestone was, you know, through a relationship that recommended me that had good things to say about Pipestone as a company, um, but also experience. Uh, I had three internships as well as countless opportunities uh, on SDSU's campus, as well as going back to 4-H and FFA time in high school that could really set me up for success really in any position in communications and marketing. Um, so I'd say advice maybe for uh, students is, have a relationship with people that you can learn from, that you can grow from, um, that you can connect with when you have questions, but really get that experience in any area, regardless if you're interested today or not. Uh, you know, one of my internships was a soul-based writing internship uh, for a newspaper uh, called Dairy Star Newspaper, and I hated writing. And today I'm a really strong writer, and, and I think that helps set me apart with some others that, uh, you know, are going into the communication world. So uh, internships experiences are are really great. Kind of grasp the opportunities in front of you, even if you don't think it's your current interest or what you're planning to do in the future. Yeah, no, I would definitely recommend that. And and also, you know, if you're like, that doesn't sound super fun or man, that wasn't exactly what I had in mind. That's okay. If you're a, a freshman, a sophomore, even a junior, it's just great to have the experience to build connections uh, and to put one more thing on your resume, but not so much that, but when you get into the job, you can actually do those things. And, and you've had experience with that before. Um, you know, I hear myself almost every day back when I was in college or back at this internship, I did this, maybe this could work for our next campaign or our next program. And so uh, that'll make you uh, stand apart for sure. That's great to hear. Could you expand a little bit on the other internships that you had besides Dairy Star? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my freshman year, I was actually a uh, camp counselor at a Bible camp, not an internship, but 
honestly, that is an example of something that, you know, bite at any opportunity you have, even if it's not exactly in your area. I learned so much that summer, just really interpersonal communications is what I really grew from that. I did a lot of uh, a day camps, what they're called is so I went to church congregations, you know, met with people of all ages from three-year-olds to grandparents. And that is huge for your interpersonal communication skills. And so that kind of kickstarted uh, my internship career, I guess. Um, my second summer, I was at Dairy Star Newspaper in Sox Center, Sox Center, Minnesota. Um, loved that because I got to interview with farmers every single day, write stories, learn about their operations. And it was really dairy focused, which was my interest at the time. Um, my third summer, I actually took a different route and I interned with a marketing agency. And I wasn't sold that I wanted to be in agency life, but that culture is so different than what you see in traditional agriculture companies today. You know, you you have variety of team members that have expertise in each area. And so, you know, what I see in smaller agriculture companies is you have one person that does all the marketing work or one or two people. But at an agency, you have a writer and a graphic designer and an account specialist. And so just seeing all of those things collaborate and work together really taught me a lot about being an expert in each field that you need to be and, and being the go-to person for all of that. Um, and then uh, my last internship was actually kind of fell into my lap a little bit, but I was actually a, a marketing intern for Milborn Seeds in Brookings uh, during the school year. So it just so happened that the marketing uh, director there was on maternity leave and needed someone to step in just for a few months while we're there. And so I kind of jumped in head first and tried to build, you know, articles, uh, podcasts, set up for events, manage their social media while I was in, in high school. So lots of different experiences, but also different industries. And I think that was really huge for me. Um, yeah. And, and honestly, you know, the last thing I'll add on that is the different industries is huge. You know, in agriculture, you say, hey, my focus is on dairy farming. And it was for me. But today I work in pig farming. And I never thought it would be here. But just because of those internships, I was able to witness, you know, different industries and how they collaborate, how they connect. And really, we're all one, one organization, one industry as agriculture. So. Yep. Lots of moving parts, but they all work together to help feed the world. That's what we like to see. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Going in specifically into the agriculture industry, what are some of the challenges that you face in the agriculture industry and marketing that you don't necessarily see in other industries? Yeah, I think that's a great question. You know, maybe not a challenge, but but something I see is more relevant in communications in agriculture is that farming is their livelihood, right? That's what they do every day. They get up and they they milk the cows or they feed the pigs or they check on the chickens. And, and that's their life. That's their livelihood. That's for their family. That's where their kids are running around and where their kids grow up. And so it's more than just, I'm supplying marketing services to a, a legal organization, for instance, that this is, this is their company, this is their organization, but it's not their life with their family all wrapped around it. And so I'd say that comes with a little bit of a challenge in that most marketing strategies don't necessarily fit in the groove for agriculture. And so you kind of have to think about, you know, what, what does the farmer really care about? Uh, what does the other agriculturalists really care about? And how can I use the, the trends in, in marketing and communications to meet that 
connection, right? You know, how can we find this center ground? It's not, maybe it's not publishing the best podcast in the world, but it's finding great content that they want to listen to mixed with potentially a podcast because they might listen to it in the tractor. And how can we find that avenue? So I'd say that's uh, one of the bigger challenges in, in marketing communication is just, yeah, how do you find that groove and, and something that a farmer would take the time out of their data to gain value from? So it sounds like you're thinking a little bit outside the box. You're kind of mixing and matching what you know from marketing and what you can see in the customers and then finding that happy marriage, like you said, that's going to support the customer base. That's really your end goal. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, you know, and maybe not all agriculture industries are like this, but particularly at Pipestone, we don't really have an advertising campaign. You know, I don't come into work and I say, here's how I'm going to advertise Pipestone today. Here's how I'm going to put an advertisement here and I'm going to do a trade show here and we're going to sell our business. We don't do that at all, actually. We actually take more of a thought leadership approach in that, how can I provide value to the farmer so that they in turn see us as an expert, see us as someone who can actually make a difference in their their operation and their livelihood. And so that I'd say is is a, a challenge for me personally in that, you know, all the college classes teach you about how to advertise and sell your business, but it's not always the case. Sometimes you kind of have to think about uh, traditional content marketing in a sales way. So I'd say, that's kind of our main push at Pipestone anyway. Gotcha. So when you're trying to figure out what the farmers want, um, what are some different research you do or different analytics you look at to decide what they want? Yeah, a great question. You know, I go back to relationships again, and, and that's really huge. And so having a, a company backed by veterinarians and nutritionists and you know, relationship holders that actually know and understand the industry and know and understand our current clients is huge. So we don't send out surveys that say, hey, what do you want to learn or how do you want to learn it? We're never going to get a response on that, but we will get a response on, you know, a nutritionist comes in and says, hey, a customer was asking about X today. What about sending a podcast about that? Because they're interested in that. It's impacting their operation today. Uh, another way we look at things is, hey, what's really going on in the industry? What are some of the current issues that really apply to their operation? And so maybe I'll use a disease as an example. You know, African swine fever was a buzz topic. It still is a buzz topic in the swine industry. And so how can we be in front of the curve to provide them information on the topics that they're questioning, that, that they want to know, how is it going to impact my operation? How can I be prepared? How can Pipestone help me in being prepared for that in the future? So I'd say those are the kind of the two main tactics that we take for, for selecting what we should write about and when. Even if you aren't in the swine industry like Abby, you can still, of course, take what she's saying and apply it elsewhere, looking at what um, questions your customers are asking, asking and the industry trends. And you mentioned that you hear a lot of feedback from nutritionists and veterinarians that also work at Pipestone. What does that teamwork look like to find the answers to customers' questions and produce that information. Yeah, uh, you know, and maybe this is this is related to your question, but also kind of maybe side advice is when you start at a new company, the very first thing you should do is build relationships and not just with your current 
marketing team or communications team, but with the entire company. And it could be as it could be someone on the complete opposite end, not doing anything to do with what you're working on today. But those relationships are huge. You start to trust each other. You start to have side conversations in the hallway. Uh, you know, you you make a phone call at the end of the day about a specific task, and you end up having a 10 minute conversation about you know a visit they had with a client or uh, a topic that's happening in the industry. And so, building those connections and finding a a common denominator in conversation really helps guide the natural flow of ideas, a natural flow of how can you continue to improve um, without them specifically coming to marketing and saying, hey, write about this. You kind of have to, you kind of have to pull it out of them a bit, but it's it's all starting with that conversation, talking with them at the coffee stop, right? All of it. Yeah. Sounds like those water cooler talks everyone everyone mentions. <laughs> just those little pit stops along the day to have those great conversations and build those connections. Yep. And it's huge, right? And and you can't, I cannot do my job without the support of industry leaders and experts, both within the company and without. So having those water cooler talks, et cetera, is, is really more important than, it's more than just a buzzword. Let's say that. Yep. That's a good way to put it. We've talked a lot about relationships and the importance and that's how you got into the position that you're at. How do you recommend that students um, go about building those relationships either in the classroom or outside of the classroom? Yeah, you know, uh, you could build relationships in any way you think. And it it's actually kind of quite scary. You know, people say, hey, don't burn a bridge because it'll come back to bite you. And it's true especially in the the small world of agriculture or in the small world of communications, you will see your classmates again. You will see your your professors again, and you will see, you know, the people you worked with at an internship or the people you talked to at a career fair. You're going to likely run into them again in the future. And so having a positive interaction with them, finding that common ground, um, building a, a friendship more than a professional relationship will go a long way uh, in your career and, and finding opportunities that are out there. Um, I know other people talk about LinkedIn and social media, connecting with people. I personally am not the social media guru that keeps in connection with people, but uh, I try my best to stay in touch with people through, you know, coffee shop dates when you're in town or, you know, hey, are you going to the same conference? Do you want to grab a drink after the conference? And just try to stay in touch with those people. Abby mentioned LinkedIn, and I will say that's where I started looking at some questions for her. I went back and was looking at what she had on there. So if you don't have a LinkedIn yet, it's okay, but it is useful for networking like we've talked about. Um, quite often, Pipestone is at different events and career fairs that SDSU has. So can you talk a little bit about the relationship that Pipestone has with SDSU and other educational um, institutions? Yeah. Uh, you know, Pipestone, like most companies, really value the next generation, I'll say. And that could be a college student like you. It could be uh, a young farmer just getting started. And it could be the fourth grader that goes to the school down the street. So regardless of what that is, it could be the next generation of Pipestone, could be the next generation of agriculture in general. And so those relationships, I'd say, are really strong and ever-growing. Um, we're looking today at opportunities to further our relationships with colleges like SDSU, like Kansas State, like Iowa State. 
you know, going to the career fairs is great. We get to talk to you there. We get to tell you all about the career positions we have open, our internships, but uh, being able to partner on a project or uh, come to your your organization's meeting or your classroom to share some expertise or some advice that we might see in the industry is something huge and ever growing that I hope other companies also are, are doing. And I hope you as students participate in those because we, like other companies, do care about the next generation. And whether you work for Pipestone or not, we could tell you all there is to know about the pig industry, about working with farmers, about helping farmers, et cetera. So I'd say look for those opportunities. Going off of that, um, what are some different ways that students can reach out to companies they're interested in? What should they say? Um, how do they approach that, especially if they don't have a connection there already? Great question. Uh, yeah, if you don't have a, a connection, if you do have a connection there already, that's a great start, right? Even if it's not in the position that you work in, you know, maybe you're interested in marketing, but you know someone that is on the accounting team. That's a really great start to say, hey, I'm really interested in this. Can you connect me with someone who I could maybe talk to more or that I would know more? That's a great way. Um, but if you don't, honestly, reaching out with a question, a comment, an idea, any of that is is a great way to, to start a conversation, I'd say. You know, hey, I'm really interested in swine nutrition. Reaching out to the swine nutritionist and say, hey, could you tell me a little bit about X, something that's actually happening in the industry today to build a connection? Or could you, do you happen to have time for me to do a ride along today just to see what you do because I'm interested in potentially being a nutritionist someday? You're not always going to get someone to respond to you. You're not always going to get them to take you on a ride along, but you could. And uh, when it does, make the most of it and uh, ask all the questions you can and and. You know, people that are passionate about their careers, like like I and, and others are, we want to share that with you. And we want to give all the expertise and all the advice so that you can have the same career that you love and enjoy in the future as well. So people love to help. I will say Abby was very willing to be on the podcast with us and share what she knows. So she's not lying when she says people want to share about what they love doing in their careers. All right, so we've talked a little bit about those relationship buildings and how to start that in a short-term sense. Um, what are your thoughts on finding mentors within the industry? Have you had a mentor? Um, any experience in that area? Yeah, uh, mentorship is huge. It goes back to my relationship comment, but mentorship really is important. And uh, even though you think you know everything about the industry or about your job or what you're doing, you don't by any means. And so Mentors kind of keep you humble, but mentors also uh, make you think outside the box a bit. You know, when I go down a, nope, this is the way that it has to be, it doesn't always work that way. You know, there could be a second path or a third path that you could go down that might be easier, that might work better for the company, that might work better for you. And so, you know, bouncing ideas off of mentors, asking them for feedback is, is really very, very important in your career growth. Um, I myself have had mentors in the agriculture industry, uh, mostly in college. Um, but once I got to Pipestone, I was actually placed in a mentorship program within Pipestone. And I'll be honest, I was really terrified at first, and I wasn't exactly sure about the whole thing, but um, I end up really enjoying it. And today we're, we're very, very close and stay in touch um, almost on a weekly basis, just 
you know, bouncing ideas, like I said, or actually like, hey, did I do this right? Or, hey, I sent this email. Did it sound okay? How can I improve it for next time? And people aren't just going to give you advice. You have to ask for it. And so I know that that maybe is another piece of advice I'll give is once you get into the industry or even in the classroom today, ask for the feedback, ask how you can improve. That'll show that you care, that you want to learn and that you want to grow, but you'll also learn from it. So next time you won't word the email that way, you're going to word it differently so that you're ever changing and improving. I like that. We're going to digress a little bit um, back to your college days and talk about majoring in agriculture communications. It's kind of living in two worlds. You're taking some classes with Kojo and some classes with cafes. Um, For students that are in agricultural communications currently, any advice on how to bring those two types of classes together or how to find internships that are in the agriculture industry but focused on communications? Yeah. You know, unfortunately... Unfortunately, AgCom is a tough major, to your point, because there's not agriculture communication classes. There's journalism, and then there's intro to animal science. And yeah, how do you merge the two together? And you know, I I didn't say, I won't say I did it perfectly, because I think there's ways I could have improved in college, but uh, really the two ways I kind of merged things together were every assignment that I got within communications or journalism classes, I tied to agriculture in some capacity. So instead of writing about the local sports team, because that was a, you know, an an interest of mine, I always chose to write about a current issue or a topic within agriculture, just to try to take what I'm learning in animal science and mix it with, how do I write about it? How do I talk about it? How do I make a video about it that people care about? So that was one way I did. The other thing is there's a lot of kids in the same boat. There's a lot of people that are in ag communication program, especially at SDSU. And so finding the connections with students that are in both capacities um, where you can kind of bounce ideas off of each other, sit next to each other in classes and talk about, okay, we're talking about how we can make this fit for broadcast journalism. Maybe that's not the right fit for agriculture. How would you do it? You know, when you have those offside connections or offside comments and conversations that you can kind of tie agriculture back into the communication world. I think that's a great way to bring those together. And you will be excited to hear that we will have an agriculture communication professor in the next year. Um, So that's going to be a very exciting change for everyone in agriculture communications and just seeing that go forward. Um, With that in mind, and the fact that there aren't currently classes that combine the two well, what is a class that you would have liked to see when you were in undergrad? Um, it could be agricultural communication focused or just in general. What's a class you would have liked to see or something you would have liked to have taken? Mm-hmm. Great question. You know, four years at college seems like a long time, but at the end of the day, it's really not because, you know, you take five classes a semester and there's so much to learn that. I feel like unless you pick one focus, you're kind of on a basics all the way through, you know, basics of video and basics of photography and basics of writing. And there's no class that really like hammers in to your current expertise, unless you're a, you know, a specific, specific major where I feel like the College of Communications is not as specific, right? And so Um, A class that I wish to see would be kind of combining the two of those. And it doesn't necessarily have to be an agriculture communications class, but it could be a 
uh, taking your future and mixing it with communications. That's not the right terminology, but if you get what I'm trying to say, it's like, you know, you could have 15 different people in the classroom and they all have different mindsets for what their future and communications looks like, but there's very specific projects tailored towards implementing that in your industry. And so, you know, I, the project could have been build a campaign and the ask is build it towards your industry, build it towards your dream job. And, and how can you really apply it? That would be a cool class in my mind, but yeah. I'm not going to ask Abby to name any of our future classes, but we do like to hear the, the idea she's got. And even though there's not a class that's currently like that, like Abby talked about with um, communication classes, if you have an interest in agriculture, you can channel that in your assignments. And the same thing with other classes that you're in, um, focus it on the industry you're going into is kind of what Abby was talking about. Correct me if I'm wrong, um, with getting that focus and honing in your skills so you can be an expert in your area. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes it's easy to slide by with an article about X because it's what's talking about in the classroom or it's what we talked about on campus last week. But really think about how does this impact my future job? And, and I know that's tough as a freshman or a sophomore, or even a junior, but by the time you get to senior year, you've had a few internships, you might know what you want to do. You at least might know an industry industry you're interested in. And, uh, you know, and, and that actually might be a way to collaborate with some connections in future companies as well as, you know, Hey, I'm really interested in, in writing about uh, X disease in the swine industry can I reach out to a veterinarian with Pipestone to understand this more? Or you could do the same thing in, in sports medicine. You know, I'm really interested in, in something related to a baseball injury. You know, maybe a, a local baseball team might be interested in, in sharing some resources and expertise. Build your connection while doing your assignment and collaborating kind of the two efforts. But Abby is giving away all the secrets about how to build relationships and how to network and find mentors. So if you feel like you're lacking in relationships, you can go back and listen again to all the great advice that Abby is sharing about that. And you can really tell as she's talking that um, she's been so great to talk to you so far and just the uh, emotion and effort that she's putting in to share it with us as students is great. And like she said, people are happy and willing to help if you ask and they want to share what they are excited about and what they care about in their career. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. I I am passionate about what I do and I and I hope in the future you're passionate about what you do as well. Uh there's nothing better than getting up in the morning and going to a job that you enjoy, that you feel prepared for, and that you feel like you can you can kind of prove it and and showcase that, hey, I'm an expert here and I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to learn to do x for my company every single day and you go home and satisfied and you feel great so i hope you all find that in the future okay i just have one more question before we go um abby sparked it as she was talking but she mentioned feeling prepared for the job that you're going into um, some students can experience imposter syndrome especially in undergrad as they don't feel qualified for internships or jobs they're applying to what's your advice on how to navigate that and how to remind yourself that you are prepared and able to do the work you want to? Yeah, you know, a great question. And and as a an intern manager myself, there's definitely different levels of qualification and that's okay. 
everybody has a different background, everybody has a different experience, and everybody has a different interest. And so just kind of keep that in mind as you look to someone who sits next to you, like they may be a better writer, but you're a better photographer. And that's okay. And you should leverage that skill set and be proud of that skill set that you you feel like you can do well. You know, how to be prepared for the internship. You should be prepared. And a lot of times uh, in interviews or in job applications, they state what you're going to be working on. And if there's anything on that job application that you feel like, I just, I don't think I can do that. Like I know the very basics of that. You're going to learn it at your internship, but also I recommend that you do some pre-learning as well. You know, LinkedIn, you mentioned LinkedIn earlier. LinkedIn Learning has thousands of courses that can help you prepare for certain areas, as is your connections with your students and your, your teachers and other industry uh, leaders. Get prepared as much as you can before your internship. And so when you get there, you refine your skill sets instead of learn the basics. That uh, might help with being prepared as well. I like to hear it. So just to recap everything we've talked about, and um, we focused a lot on relationships and how those are going to help you currently in building up your skill set when you can job shadow and also in the future as you're finding different positions as you're graduating or different internship opportunities that come up. Additionally, um, Abby really focused on making sure your assignments are geared towards your interests in the future and they're not just assignments that you're doing, but you're getting the value out of them. And just in general, she talked about how willing people are to share advice with you when you ask the questions. Before we head out, any other advice you'd like to share with the students? You know, I just want to say have fun because college does end and you do go in the real world. And I promise you still have fun, but it's in a different way. And so, you know, my advice for you is something I wish I would have done more when I was in college is, you know, take advantage of the clubs, take advantage of the uh, organizations, take advantage of classes. But don't forget about all the amazing experiences you can have outside of the classroom. Uh, could be hanging out with friends. It could be going on the study abroad trip you always thought you wanted to do, but you didn't. Take advantage of doing that because college does end and I miss it every single day. So uh, take advantage of all of that. Enjoy the time you have with your friends. And uh, that would be my biggest advice is, is don't get so busy working that you forget to create a life when you're in college. So that'd be my little buzzword quote, I guess. That is a great note to end on. I'm going to have to put that on my wall somewhere. It's a good thing to keep in I mind. I think I have it somewhere. <laughs> this podcast is the property of the School of Communication and Journalism at South Dakota State University, which reserves all rights to its use. Music by Cody M. Johnson and Tyler Addison James is licensed through AMP Music. 